Hello and welcome to the F24 podcast. My name is David and every week I ask creatives of all sorts to come over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London culture and creativity. I'm really intrigued in people's lives and I love the stories we get when we use these three points as an angle for conversation. I love how the three parts cross over and intertwine and become a massive part of who we become as London creatives. It won't always be Londoners, but this is my hometown, so no better place to start. This is F24. This week's conversation is with Mr Met. Mr Met is a legend in West London. There are not many people I meet in or on the peripheries of the hip-hop and graffiti culture in London that don't know of this man. This is his story and we recorded it in March 2018. You can check him out at mental underscore Metsky on Instagram whilst you're listening. Enjoy. I remember the older people would have like Iron Maiden motorhead on their jackets, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. jackets. Younger boys, they'd have like a shorter hair and then they'd have like tassel shoes, uh, towelling socks, you know, like a, some braces and all that business, you know, like quite smart clothing, yeah, but yeah. Into, into two times scarf. Chapter 1, London. Met tells us about his start in life and ending up in West London in the middle of the biggest cultural mix he'd ever seen. He goes into detail about his first sightings of graffiti and how the scene was when it first caught his eye. And we talk about the streets of London and music and what he was into as a youngster and also what led him towards his wayward behaviour. Well, thanks for coming around, mate. So well, let's start at the beginning. Right, Where are you from? Well, you won't believe this, but I'm originally from um, Oxford. Oxford? Yeah, it's like a... Because my dad's like a traveller, so I was born on a caravan site, you know? Romany? Like, yeah, he's a Romany gypsy. You know, that is like a bit of a hard man, like village madman sort of thing, you know? Even from little, I was just like a... Brought up around people fighting and, you know, like a... So how long were you there? Like what you... So I was you're... basically there until I was eight. So you you lived on, on a traveller site, yeah, like traveller lifestyle, yeah. properly. Yeah. Like, it's like even at Christmas, I remember one Christmas, um, normal people, I didn't even know like, what Christmas was, but in a traveller's tradition, we had a swan. We had a swans roasted, you know, they, they were, we had swans. So it was like full on, like you yeah. were born into all your, your whole world, up to the age of eight, yeah. was gypsy, Romany lifestyle yeah. in Oxford. Yeah, it's like even my best friend at the time, there was a girl, her name was Violet, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just because she got nips, her dad thought it was disgusting, so he shaved, he shaved her hair off and her head was bald, you know, like, <laughs> she had to go to school like that, you know, it was like, <laughs> with a bald head, it's you know, like a pretty girl with like long brown hair, and he just shaved the head off one day, you know, yeah, like, it's not like, this. like, nah, so yeah. Yeah, I never knew, I no, never knew. Yeah, but most people don't know. You know? That's a gem right there, yeah. man, that's a... As a start. Yeah. So then what? So you're eight years old. What well, happened? basically what happened, my dad, where he's like a traveller, he's like, a, he's quite aggressive, you know, he's quite aggressive with everything from uh, fist fights, pub fights, um, all that kind of machoism. Yeah. And what he used to, he used to beat on my mum oh, right. really okay. badly. He used to get drunk. He'd take it out drunk, And he'd come home and he'd beat the shit out of her. And then, you know, like, it was happening all the time. Yeah. Basically, especially on a Sunday, it'd be every Sunday, black eyes, closed eyes. Um, he's put hands on me. Jesus. And yeah, my mum left him. In the end, she ran away, you know, like she got, uh, she met another man. Yeah. And they got me and they said, um, where do you want to go? Where I was a Liverpool fan at the time, so I didn't really know much about football or whatever. I said, you couldn't know much about the country either. No, I didn't know hardly anything. I, I, I couldn't hardly read and write because in that uh, tradition, it's not like a big thing. It's all manual hands. And um, so basically he said, uh, where do you want to go? And I didn't want to go anywhere with this man. But my mum was going, you have, we have, we've got to go. So uh, Liverpool, because I was like a Liverpool fan. So we went to the bus terminal at Oxford and then there was a coach for London. So yeah, that's the first one. So we got on there. Seriously? Yeah. So you, your mum had met, obviously, this guy, obviously, was a, some type of saviour for her, man, like, or gave her the strength to no, make he was, the he actually, he actually turned out worse, you know, so he's, he was like another abuser. It's like my mum's, um, she gets caught up in abusive relationships. Right. There was that, there was a bit of something there, which yeah. was just like, that gave her the strength to get away from yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you have, did you have brothers away. and sisters? Yeah. Yeah, did they come with you? Or? Yeah, they come. Wicked. Yeah, it's like I had two younger brothers and sisters, like baby brother as well, so yeah. Wicked. So you all escaped, got to town, first coach basically, first, just brings you... Oh, mate. That's a fucking amazing trip yeah. to town, man. Yeah. You're like, right, we're going to London. Yeah. And then, so what, did you end up in West or...? Well, we basically come, when we first got 
like we had to get uh, bed and breakfast sort of thing. So yeah. that was in Queensway. But coming here, oh, that was like, I think, 1981 or two or something. It's something like that, 81 or something like that. And that's but I was already into ska music. I was already into, you know, like the specials and madness and uh, so what happened there how did that happen so you what you're eight nine years old and you'd already had a taste every, of music everybody was into it you know yeah like, from school the big thing you know like i remember the older people would have like iron maiden motorhead on their jackets you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. jackets younger boys they'd have like a shorter hair and then they'd have like tassel shoes uh italian socks you know like a some braces and all that business, you know, like quite smart clothing, yeah, but yeah. Into, into two times score. And so this was in primary school, like yeah, when yeah, you were in school yeah, in Oxford, yeah, you picked, you picked yeah. this up. And so you were like, I was already into it then. Amazing. So you come to London and you must yeah. have realised as well. Really, I really got into it. Because when, when I got to London, where we was in Queensway, they used to have uh, all the shops outside with um, all the badges and stuff. And then there'd be like madness badges, the yeah. special salon badges. And I started, yeah, I was so bang into it. You know? Wicked, man. Yeah. Wicked. Is your mum into music? Not really. Not really. So this was really like an external from the house type of introduction to to sound. And so you hit London and it's the early 80s and you're in West, West London. And so what's it look like? I mean, what's it? What what are you seeing? shock to me, man, because where are obviously Oxford, coming from the traveller site, on the traveller site, you don't really see black people, you know, you don't see, you don't see Arabic people. And when you go to Queensway, there's just millions of Arabic people. And it's like our Turkish shops and it's like, First time I've get to taste these foods and I, I I was just open to it, you know. I was just like I was loving it, but you know, because like uh, you're kind of oppressed being um, a traveller. Even you know, like when I was in Oxford in the schools, yeah, you know, like they they wouldn't say pikey or nothing like that, but you know, like they'd be thinking they had you know, a predetermined vision of you and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? they knew that they knew that you come from a site, so. Yeah, I've never, I've never, I don't like racism and things like that. I've never liked any of that kind of stuff personally, you know. So and 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 automatically, without even realizing what racism is at eight, nine years old, you're already like completely open to everything. Like you come from a certain background, and you're just open to everything. I suppose later on in life is when you hear, "Oh, that's fucking racism, you dickhead." No, I like, didn't know what it was, but I used to hear, I, I obviously yeah. used to hear it and. It was massive, you know, like, uh, that's some of the first graffiti that I remember, you know, like, because I, I always used to ask what them things were, you know, like, I, I found out that, that uh, I, I found out about graffiti while I was in Oxford, because my mum, I don't know if, I don't know if it's where she was getting the beats or whatever, but she clung on to religion, so she used to okay. go to uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, right, yeah. So we'd have to get on a bus, and then the whole bus route would have this circle sign with the, the triangle thing on the, the, piece. the, the yeah. thing under the bottom. Yeah? yeah. So I asked her what it was, and then she didn't, she'd be like, I don't know. And then I used to look at it all the time, and I'd see it from the moment we got on the bus all the way into the city. And, and then, I found the out, then I found out it was like a woman's lip sign, you know, like I oh, found out. But I didn't know at the time what it was. I just thought that this was like a like a gang or something, you know. That I was impressed by it. Amazing. So, yeah. so you so you'd see, at that age you'd notice something on the streets, but you weren't you didn't know what graffiti no, was. I was but you, it was seven. Though, yeah, exactly. So, but there's markings on the street. Yeah. You've looked at them and yeah. taken note and been like, that's dope. You then hit you hit London. Mm. You're in Queensway, West London, early 80s, and you're seeing more graffiti, you're seeing I'm more seeing, political graffiti. I'm seeing political graffiti, but this is really early. I'm seeing a lot of political graffiti. I'm seeing a lot of band names, you know, like The Jam, all kinds of stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm seeing people writing stuff, and I'm seeing it on the tubes as well, you know. Like, I'm seeing, like, uh, people writing on the insides of the tubes. Um, basically, everywhere I was going, like, so if I went through a subway, I see that. It's like a different kind of graffiti, you know, like, it's like a... Like I was more here. rounded, yes, yeah, it's, it's that I was here, but it's more rounded. It'd be like Sarah B and Variety, you know, like all these but the style. Yeah, there was, yeah, there, was a, a there was a unique yeah, it was, British, was it British yeah, punk, British, British scar? Style, yeah, it's yeah. a different style, but you'd yeah. see it everywhere. And that was, I mean, that predates graffiti, like yeah, good few years, yeah. And I mean, there was obviously whatever going on in New York, but it that doesn't hit our, like, our shores till the early 80s. But we had a the Rolo, Wilco, remember Robbo yeah. telling me about those people, well, and Jackson, well, about those people. So you must have, without realising, you were seeing yeah. those types of people up. You'd be seeing like, yeah, you'd be seeing like a, basically you'd be seeing like, a, well, where I've done the interview with Scam, I've done an interview with Scam recently, and he was telling me about uh, Labrador Gross Skinheads. Okay. Which was like, a, they, they was going like, um, before the two-time era, he was telling me. And then I've done a bit of study on them as well, yeah, so they were a mixed 
group, you know, like a mixed race group. Okay. And he's going that they were all over Labrick Grove. You know, like they were all over Labrick Grove. So I reckon I was most of these CNN as well, you know, this night. Because where I'm at the top end of Queensway, yeah. which is right around the corner from Labrick Grove. Exactly. So you've I'm going to be seeing this. So you're going to walk straight down towards um, Royal Oak. Hmm. And then, yeah, you'll hang a left and all yeah, that. Yeah, so must I have was, been all. I, it must have been that kind of stuff yeah. that I was seeing. But yeah, the, I, I literally remember the first pieces that I saw was, um, what did they, they knocked down, because uh, I haven't got through to it yet, but we moved we moved from Queensway after a while. Mm -hmm. And where there was like, where I've got my two brothers and sisters, they've moved us into a, a real shitty flat in White City Estate. This is when White City Estate was just the pits, you yeah. know, like we had uh, squatters one side, squatters the next side, squatters above and squatters below, <laughs> you know, like it was yeah. like, it was, it was really, really rough, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, we got moved to there, but um, after a couple of years at um, the local primary school, they had a White City dog track that was opposite, but then when they knocked that down for asbestos reasons, mm -hmm. they put boards up. Bringing it full circle, the travellers moved into the site. <laughs> yeah, they moved into the site, but the boards went up and the graffiti started going up. So yeah. I think this was 1983. I think it was 1983. I think it was uh, before all that Band-Aid stuff. So that was 84. But yeah. I remember the pieces going up. Do you remember who it was? No. So it's all names like Wiz and stuff like that. It's really early, you know, like Smurf well, early, and early uh, Wizard and okay, all that cool. kind of stuff. Yeah, I was influenced by that. Or, or like really influenced by, um, by that at the time. Yeah, those little sparks, right? And how important they are because they're glancing views. Yeah, they're really glancing. It's mad views. that you've just said that because you just said that you saw that the woman that you perceived as a woman with a kid catching a tag in '86. Well, where I used to go to the White City Adventure Playground, where I was in White City. Yeah, Fred guy that was in there. That was uh one of the guys that worked there and he used to take us all swimming and everything you know like we go swimming with the White City Adventure yeah well, I took out one of them W.A. Smith marker pens and caught some tags in the downstairs bit of the swimming pool and he gave, he, he said give me the pen and he caught a tag himself and his name was Chase and that's the same guy that was writing with Scam but he was an adult you know like well he was an adult to me if I was yeah, exactly. if he I was, was 11 he might have been 17 or something yeah. so but I was like so what were you tagging? What, what, what? I used to write Dino. And so that was off the back of the political and scar and punk. Yeah, yeah, graffiti. I used to write Dino. So that was, that's what inspired you. It's like a breakdancing, um, BMXing, and everyone just had a name. You know, like, uh, my name was Dino, you know, like, it was, I don't know why I got Dino. And so this this has all come through going to school in West London. Yeah, everybody. Youth club, all that type it's of like stuff. It's all that times of Michael Jackson doing moonwalking, you know, yeah. like, uh, I think it'd be like a Thursday you'd watch Top of the Pops and everyone's there. Right. That music was coming through, you know, like, uh, you'd hear that, you know, that sort of UK sort of sound and, uh, yeah. yeah. I was really into it, man. And so Dino comes up, and then you, you find out that you. <laughs> when you saw this, when you saw this youth worker do this tag, yeah, did it? Because that must have been the first time you'd seen someone else do a tag, apart from no, maybe no, you or your no, friends. No, no, I used to see it all the time. I used to, like, but did I, you see people do it? Or, yes, I saw yeah. people all doing it. They were all doing it on White City. They used to basically people on White City, like I say, like um, you know, like eighty four, eighty five. They'd be dressing like a. Uh, you know, like I have a breakdance movie or something. They'd have like a uh, cut off uh, off their jeans. Yeah. So they'd cut them into jean shorts. Yeah. And then the bottom off, they would put like laces into them and sew them like they look like leg warmers. <laughs> Do you remember that paper? Yeah, man. Amazing. And then they would cut that. the sides. And they'd, they'd have the sides cut at the bottom, so they'd be flaring Flared over onto the trainer, onto the fat laces, onto yeah. the fat laces. You know. So like the fat lady. So this was on this was on White City Estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were just used to. I'm I'm gonna jump in. I'm taking part in this. Yeah, I just loved it. I started like go like in a. I'd go there basically after school every day and break dance. But it'd just be like normal break dance. Yeah, it was just the life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then um, then it started coming into wrecking of pens. You know, like I. Even I got caught in primary school, and then we got took by the police. Back to the school where we bumped off and we <laughs> stole from some little Chinese shop that used to be in Shepherd's Bush uh, on the roundabout. Okay. Like it, and I got caught there and I think that was 1985. <laughs> and we got brought back to the school because well, I was so bait. I went into the I went into the stationery shop and goes, have you got the fat graffiti pens? <laughs> That's what I thought they were. And then sleeved them and got caught. Asked them and then sleeved yeah. them. Amazing, man. So you're, uh, you're just about to turn into a teenager. 
Yeah. You're running around the city. What's what's it like? What's London like? Are you going around the city? Have you yeah, seen more um, of the city? I'm going around the city, but not on the graphing no. as much. What, not, are you, um, what are you seeing? The graphing is just like us, because there was never ever paying for tubes. No. There's never ever paying for tubes. No. Um, that was just part of it. I'll just look out the window. I wasn't really. I, I didn't class myself as a writer. It's just something that I used to just do. And then, but what, I was but, more of a shoplifter. Yeah, I liked shoplifting and doing that kind of stuff. And so, know? were you doing that? I mean, well, I want to know about you branching out from West London, oh, seeing more of basically, London. Basically, my, and so what, if that was through shoplifting. Brilliant. Oh, my day to day would be like a pretend I was going to school, like get on some super tenants or some Thunderbirds. You know, like that's what I did. Like get buzzy, and then I'd go either to Oxford Street or Carnaby Street or something and just shoplift stuff. Shepherd's Bush Market for Samsonite uh, holsters and uh, leather, you know, like leather pouches and stuff like that. Uh, It's stuff that I could sell. um, This is well before furlough and socks and things like that because that come in the late 80s. Um, Just basically stealing anything, you know, just anything and everything. And, uh, yeah, I would always have a pen on me and I'd write. And then just going to, like, a... like Littlewoods or somewhere like that, and then they'd have something like Mario or something in there, and then just playing it the whole day, you know, like just <laughs> on a nest. And then the uh, staff would come and they'd be like, oh, right, what are you doing, sort of thing, and shouldn't you be at school? And I'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, I've got the day off, my mum's shopping, yeah, but I used to be in there so much playing <laughs> these things. I don't know how they never clocked on, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I played the game until I clocked it. I'd be there like, I'd be there like from 10 o'clock in the morning. And have no lunch, no nothing, and just sit there playing it to that three o'clock like a like a madman. You know, like... <laughs> All right, so let's move on a touch. Mm. You're you're firmly gripped into graffiti as a thing. Mm. Like it's something it, well, I don't even know if I should say you're firmly gripped. It's basically something you do along with your rest of your London lifestyle or yeah. nothing. And you're in your mid teens. Crime's obviously part of your lifestyle. Education, fuck up. Well, that's where this is where the graphing come to an end, you know, like for a little bit because um I just went totally off the rails. As I say I was drinking and but then um we had a lot going on in my house with my stepdad, he was like to, to, like a uh, total abuser, he'd pretend that he loved you and then on the other hand he'd play to make you do stuff, you know, like so if you didn't do it you'd get a beating. Yeah. But then if you did what he said, it'd make out like oh, I've been protector and you know, like, so yeah. he used to play me, but then to get off on the other side, I used to take things like uh, I started taking drugs. Okay. You know, like when I was young. So I started um, started uh, sniffing gas. Okay, yeah. And, um, yeah, I started sniffing gas really bad, and then I started drinking, uh, like, things like super tenants and stuff like that, uh, like, uh, like 11 and That's 12, cool. and, you know, like, uh, drinking Thunderbirds in the morning, and uh, Tipex sniffer, like, Tipex finger sniffing, and, yeah. you know, like, and, uh, yeah, so... Doing that and the stealing, and then going waywards. What I started, I, I even um, stole from the teachers. I stole like the headmistress's um, purse, you know, like from the staff room. Yeah. And it all caught up with me in the end, and I ended up in a child, like children's care. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. How old are you then? 14. 14. So, yeah. you had three mental, three or four years of just going completely off the rails. Yeah. Worse and then it's that they said that my mum can't control me. You know, yeah. So, where she couldn't control me, it's like, well, you're going to have to go into the White City Children's Home. So, basically, that's where I went. Chapter 2. Culture. After quite a rocky start to life, Mr Met finds himself in foster care. He gets deeper into music and graffiti culture and tells us of battles with PFB and the start of CBM. Street crime and drinking start to become a problem and by the late 90s, things take their toll and the path he's walked down comes to a sudden dead end. So you stayed local? Then? Yeah, always stayed local. Man, fucking hell. So, 14, you're in this White City Children's Home. You still Do you still go to school? Do they still send you well, the to school? Is, um, got chucked out of school. That's why I got chucked out of school. Yeah. Because of the things that I, I was... Just, see, I don't know if I had mental health problems at the time, but I was doing like... Well, you didn't have a stable home. No, I was doing really wayward things. Like, uh, like I threw a stone at the headmistress's head. Yeah. And, uh, I was just doing mad stuff. But I was doing things like that at primary school as so, well, yeah. you know, like, so... I was never diagnosed as anything because you didn't go to doctors in them days. There was like, I've never even heard of things like ADHD or nothing like that in the 80s or anything, you know? So I should basically left to my own devices from early in the morning to late at night. I mean, I didn't, even from 
I was at my mum's. I didn't used to come home like when I was like eleven. I didn't used to come home till like twelve o'clock at night or mm. whenever I wanted to come you home. Just didn't care. No, she, she didn't care. She didn't give me no money to eat or nothing. I just go out in the morning and then come home at night. It'd just be basically be me and my dog. Yeah. And I'd, I'd have like my dog that I had, my mum called dog Rex, and he'd just be out of me the whole day. You know, that'd just be it. Yeah. And then you go home, sleep, and do the same the following day. Yeah, just do And it. then when you were at the home, what was it like? Same, just well, out then, all day. Then, if there was like some food under the the grill, remember that, that under you get like a plate of food. Like, yeah. If there was some food under the grill, my brothers and sisters in it, it I'll be lucky, you know. But, yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. so you get into you you go into this this children's home. You still in West London, so you're living that the West London lifestyle. Still, you're still out there doing your thing, making your money. You're putting up a few tags here and there. Music is it still a factor? Right. Or has life like is and are you is, getting to this, this stage? Is where, this is where it started getting really good. This is where it started getting really good because when I went to White City Children's Home, then I had a black foster mother. Okay. Yeah, and her name was Josie, and um, she wouldn't put up with no shit. Yeah. She even told me, she goes, I'll get my boys from Harsland and I kick the shit out of you. They come down here, you get feisty with me, I'll come bring them down here because they're big boys and they'll give you some licks. Yeah. Like that, yeah. She goes, I'm not putting up with your shit. So she'd take me on a 220 bus, yeah, like to my um center that I used to have to go to. So she'd take me in there and she made me like an egg on the back of the bus, some stinking egg that she'd be peed in. And this is the year, like, it's like 89, so it's the year of the rude boys. Everyone's got like ball game jeans on, chippy jeans. Wallabies. Uh, yeah, wallabies, pinrolls, you know, like a... Glamos. Yeah, it's just, every, every, everyone's just looking fresh, you know, they got like fucking wedge haircuts and everything. And there's me on the back of the bus with this woman that I respected because I know she just slapped me on the bus eating a bald egg, you know, like a smelly <laughs> bald egg, you know. So it's like the end of this drinking thing for a bit. She even took me to the doctor and she said, he's on drugs, like that. And it's like, I felt so ashamed, yeah. She goes, get him off the drugs now. Get him off the drugs now. But yeah, she sorted me out. Like, so I was in the, I was in the children's home, but I was also going to centre. So I was just getting in, into like the rude boy culture. I was getting into that, which I which I did like, you know. So the rude boy culture, explain that. Um, I, was, I, I witnessed the rude boy I was, culture. I was listening to things like Cookie Crew and all that sort of stuff, you know, like the dance moves that are coming out. I had, uh, Friends that are into that 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 step dancing and all yeah. that business, so I liked all that. But then I started getting back on the graph, you know. But I couldn't get fully involved in it because with Josie, she is not letting me get out yeah. at night because she'd be saying, "Wait, well, yeah. you're, you're not coming back into their children's zone. Then you're going from here to Stamford House. Yeah, which you is... carry on your madness. Stamford House is basically a young person's prison. Okay, yeah. So you go like you're going from child children's zone. Yeah, and you'll you'll young make manager. this decision. She's yeah. telling you, you can yeah. make this decision. Yeah, you do it. You stay out you all night. You're not coming here. You're, you're going keep there. Fucking about. Yeah. You're going to end up in the Stamford House. So music's got you, rubo culture's got you, and you're like, all right, cool. I'll do a bit of bombing in the day, maybe, but I'm yeah. not on this night. Yeah, thing. I couldn't do a lot. I'm I couldn't keep do on. a lot. You could see Josie was doing. Yeah, I couldn't do a lot until I got out, you know. But um, come 1990, that's when I got back on it, you know. It's and like, your relationship with Josie stayed good. Yeah, it stayed really good. Uh, last time I saw him, yeah. um, last time I saw her was at Carnival about. Years ago, wicked, wicked. Just, and you, you, your time with her was, yeah, you know, man. finished I've well. Never, and... I've never respected a woman like that. Yeah, I don't think she sounds life. like a yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Someone men need sometimes. Yeah, she's boys good. need. She's good. So it hits what nineteen ninety? You say? Yeah, nineteen ninety. How old are you? Sixteen. Back nineteen ninety, about I'm sixteen. Then I really started getting on it. You know, like I started really getting um back on the graph. Yeah. You know, like uh Alk was really up, you know, like Alk was actually killing the Hammersmith and City line. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it hit me, you know, like, a, and then seeing Diet and that, you know, like Diet come back and all them people, it's like, ooh. So yeah, I started getting back on it, you know. It's, there was a movement that you'd yeah. seen, had, had yeah. literally transitioned from those early tags that you'd saw. See, I didn't, even know, I didn't even know that there was the big raids in, um, I think it was 89, a lot of people just went yeah. quiet. I didn't know anything about that because I was already in the children's zone. I didn't know anything yeah. because where I was off the scene for a little bit. So where I've come back, I've come. I ain't known any of this stuff. It's like it's all brand new, you know. And what are you seeing within the culture? You got friends within it. You meet another writers. No, I, that's that's what I'm saying. All the people that I started with, they were like a. Because when I first started writing, this is what surprised me. When I first started writing, um, when I was in Hammersmith School, 
Most of the writers, apart from a few other white writers, there wasn't a lot. They all seemed to be Moroccan or black guys that were involved in the culture. What school was that? Hammersmith. Oh, because I knew Moroccan and Spanish writers from Edre Road. Hmm. But there didn't seem to be like a lot of white boy writers, you know, like it was like, you'd be like looked at kind of funny, you know, like the white boys would be more into like football or things like that, you know. There was one white kid in my estate that wrote, Torment. He was in SBS actually. Yeah, uh, when the school was snow. Oh yeah. They used to write in art. But yeah, it was like, yeah, there was a few, but there was more Moroccan writers than white writers. So that's what surprised me because when I come back out and then I'm getting back into the graph thing, there's more white writers. There was much more white writers than what there was ever black writers. You know, like a, like back in the day. There seemed it, to be it, a change. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it all surprised me. It was like completely different. You know, do you like think a, that's got something to do with? Um, and I've just literally just trying to put two together, but is it the same as the birth of hip hop in America? And you know, it's come from black culture, and you know, it's a it's a black voice, and then within five ten years, and especially now, it's it's. Well, basically, yeah, white people all over it. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I suppose maybe the same had happened here. Mm. It was although the rockers and the the muds and, and the scarheads it, that was a mix. But when the hip hop essence came into writing on walls, not just ska music or rock, when that hip hop essence came through, maybe it was a calling for young black people. Which then, by the time you came back out, you're like. Culture's completely changed. Yeah, like, this it is completely changed. I it's wonder like if a, I wonder if it is that thing though, because white people they do like to latch onto things, you know. Yeah, that's they, literally what they, they 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 do like to steal. If you look at their history, you know, it's like, it's like yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe uh, maybe it was, but I mean, yeah. I was I was into it from day dot. You know, yeah. like, it's like even now, you know, sometimes I chat to people and then they go on, but it's like I I've been into it since. I mean, someone like me. He's exactly like me. He's been into it forever. It's like I've looked up to me yeah. and his dad from basically from the start, sort of thing. You know? like, yeah. yeah, from the start. You know, like since like my school days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certain people, but I mean, even with Min, I mean, with Min, you would see things written over his name, like Rand Lambert Grove, with that like, fuck off toy, fuck off white boy, and all the rest of it. It'd be written <laughs> on his thing by like KTC and stuff like that. So, I mean, there, there, there was. That as well, you know. Yeah, so, there was that line. I mean, yeah, I suppose when it happened, the window. But like now, it's like a sort of changing a bit now. Yeah, you know, it's like it seems like well, it changed every, a long time. Everybody's ago. having a bit of fun now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone. Yeah, yeah. It was. It turned into a massive mix. But yeah, I mean, I just wonder because you know we know where we know where hip hop came from, and it was just you saying that then that you because you got to see these two sides. I mean, obviously we have people like. Elp and Drax mm. and, and Frank died yeah, doing there, there's been there was always been there writers. but yeah there was this thing mm. so we were saying did other other writers around that time 1990s were you hanging out with other people then did well, you have what, what was your group were you just like a group well, of party goers basically yeah it's like I used, to, I used to be looking for well I used to get I used to be getting cussed around like 89 90 you know like because I was like 16 and it'd be like on White City Estate it'd be like they'd be like QPR football boys yeah so they used to call me things like, I, you fucking grey man. Oi, mate, you're grey man. What you got to be like that for? You got a fucking stone in your shoe. And, yeah. You know, like they'd be giving me all that all the time, yeah? So yeah. it's like, well, I've been brought up with Josie, where she's my foster mum. She's yeah. a black lady, you know? She's a West Indian lady. So it's like, obviously, I'm into pinballs. I wanted things like a gold tooth. Yeah. You know, like I had lines in my hair. I was like a confused little kid, you know. What, what like, music were you into? I was into a bit of ragga as well, you oh, know. Was like, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I she... was into ragga, I was yeah. into hip hop. I remember I, I, I go, so I go, so I've got some bad ragga tune yet, and I played uh, some KRS one day, and she's like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, like she could not, like, she heard KRS one day in that uh, sort of fake ragga twang. Yeah, yeah. She did not like it, you know. She's like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, it's not like, right. Yeah. So you had you had a real mix put into you, do you yeah. know what I mean? And that was the other thing as well, growing up where you grew up as well, it's predominantly a black area, West yeah, London, yeah. back in the 80s yeah. and 90s, you know what I mean? White City, real, definitely. White City, definitely. It's a proper neighbourhood, yeah. like, a real neighbourhood. It stretched all the way through, actually, down yeah. to Chippenham, you know what I mean? Right through Grove and, you know, all of that. Um, you go through the 90s, starting off with rude boy culture. What's the city like? What's it looking like? What's the trains looking like? What's it? What are people bombed, like on the streets? Like, bombed, like uh, 19... 19- I sort of went a bit 
I went heavy into graph in 1991. Yeah. I even got bagged. I think I got bagged in 1991. I think it was 91 or 1990. I got bagged on the inside. You know, like there was a few of us and had Stanley knives up my sleeve and the, the grass dog pulled us out. And then I was dropping all pins and all kind of stuff, you know, like uh, we got caught on the insides. We was being followed the whole day, you know. It's like, a, yeah, but um, yeah, the insides were smashed and the outsides were smashed, you know. It's like really good, you know. Yeah, amazing. See, like uh, what I miss about them days is like uh, some of the battles, you know. You used to have like battles and then every day there'd be like personal battles as well. So I remember Fest and Ray having their battle and the things that would be written on the outsides. I used to see it and watch <laughs> it riding on the big mitt, you know, like things that... This would be writing about Ray, yeah, and then Ray on the comebacks. It used to be just good, you know. It's been yeah, good. amazing, man. Genius. But yeah, that's the yeah. I think '91 is the year when um I went to the last uh, train jam. I think it was the PFB train jam. Yeah, they were. But we went there when we was having war with PFB. Okay, so who's we? CBM? No, no, just me and Cine. Okay. Against the whole of PFB, yeah. It's like it's just started over. They went over him, so he went over them, and then they started crossing him. So I, I, where he's Your been teaching me, yeah, handstyles, I started crossing him. Where I'm the only, I'm the only West London writer in ABZ. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, and Mint only lived on the next road from me as well, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's like that all around my road and my house and everything, you know. So it's like. Don't know why I did it. I think it's mental health, you know. Like, it's like I'm not even lying. And it's like I could have most of you got and hung about of them guys because I was pretty similar to them. But um, yeah. So we went to the train jam anyhow. So it's like a it's like a big warriors meeting. Yeah, it's like a all underground in there. I think it is uh, Kensington High Street Station where we yeah. had to meet. So anyhow, we got there and before it's even started, me and Cindy's upstairs. Cindy's trying to take the piss out of Elk behind his head because Elk's on the payphone. So he's got a paper above his head waving it. Just being so annoying. Elk, this and that, that and that. Next thing, you know, I look down the stairs like that. I'm all laughing like it's a joke thing. I look down the stairs and then I'm seeing like these big football boys just running up the stairs here. So I'm seeing like Rosa, I'm seeing Sean <laughs> and all yeah. them. Look, I'm thinking, fucking hell, man. And then I see him, Ross has just got a pure gold duckle duster on, yeah, and he's just run upstairs. I thought I thought he was sopping rings at first. And he's just punching straight into the window, yeah. Ooh. It's just like, yes, it's going off. But yeah, that's when I thought, oh, this is a bit serious, man. They, they didn't play about. No, no, they didn't. They were like writers, but they were like uh, also geezer writers, you know, like uh, yeah. they were all into pubs and. Uh, Rave culture yeah. and uh, football, you know, yeah, go, yeah, football with everything, you know? yeah, really deep in it. Man. So, how did the rest of the 90s pan out for you? Uh, then from there, it's like uh, we started doing a CBM, then it's like, right, fuck this AVZ thing because the guy can't back it, so it's like, right, CBM. So, CBM just went massive. CBM at one stage turned into about 60 heads, you know, just like street robbing. I'm sure you remember, you okay. know, like we. They, most of them couldn't even write. So when I started writing in 95, um, and obviously just up the road in Kilburn, mm. so I deal with Kilburn in 95, you know, and I, I ended up going, moving my name actually spread more northwest than it did west. It's what I kind of, my girl was on, in Kentish and all that, so I was going across the top of London. But West London law, you know, folklore was coming through to me because I'm only up the road in Kilburn. And I knew... If you're gonna go down, down, you're gonna go and have a look at Trellick. Yeah. It was behind this massive fence at the time, yeah. and it was just something to look at. You might go there. You might go and have a look at the pit, and you might go and walk down under the Westway. Oh mate, and that's, whatever that's you it. fucking do, that's it. That's our spot. The moment you see, hear anything Met related, CBM related, get the fuck out of yeah. there. And to be honest, actually, don't go. That yeah. CBM, that name. Yeah. Even it, it said even, chills. Even people like me in that. It's like a. He's been in my house and he's gone, we didn't want to chat to you in the 90s. We didn't want to chat to you. Because I used to do like a, I should just be like lawless. Listen, no, man. I didn't care. Just up the road from the, the roundabout. And I was writing. I was like into writing then. And I was like, I, I see you lot up at that roundabout. And it was. But that's where I went to. Uh, that's where I first met Pure. Yeah. And like he had the name CBM. That's the whole thing. He had the name CBM, but he's for, he was from that uh, super super posh school. You know the one down near Hammersmith. Like yeah, like my papa boy school. Yeah. yeah, he went there. So when I've met him in Shepherd's Bush, and he's got like he's got the baggy jeans on. He's got the baggy jeans on. He's got the skateboards and nothing. 
I'm having this geezer. I thought I'm having him. Yeah. So I, it's when the subways were really bombed. I thought I'm having him. The underpasses at um, yeah, and I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, I see him looking at the graphs. So I was that. That's the first thing. So I've gone up to him because I was already into street robbery. So I've gone up to him and I was going, yeah, we, like, what you write? And he's going, oh, I write rack. And then the voice, it's like, whoa, I'm having him. Even if it's for the skateboard chase. Yeah, you I just goes, knew he was. I goes, I goes, have you got a browns? And then he's just brung out 20 Marlboros. Like 20? He's just like grabbing them. And he goes, oh, I've got paint. I live around the corner. I'm like, what? So he just took me to his like, mum's basement thing around the corner. And he's got like all these smooth rights. And he's, he's no name. He had no name at the time. He yeah. wasn't even known. He's just coming up. But he's racking all this paint. I thought, whoa. At first, I thought, I can actually use this guy. Yeah. That's how our relationship started. I looked at the paint closet and I thought, whoa. Like that, yeah. But then uh, we hooked up a kind of a relationship. You ended up kind not of protect him. Yeah. I never robbed him. I had to kind of, I started protecting him. But then it, through the 90s, he was bringing me to the upper class parties, which I should have never went to. Like one party, for instance, I got so smashed. He goes, I'm never ever letting you drink cider again. Like that, yeah. <laughs> it's like I got so smashed. I walked through a patio window and then just went into the person's freezer. I went into the person's freezer and just started loading out chickens and all kinds of stuff into freezer bags. Took all the father's drink and everything and then just stung the decks on the floor. They were playing OPP, I remember it. They were playing OPP and I was like, Psh! Like that, and just walked out with these freezer bags of food. I don't know why I did it. I, there's no, I was. I didn't even eat the food. I don't even know what I, I even done it for. I just like I was like trying to prove that I was a bad man. So you, how long were you hung around with Pure? I know you I've still know him, him but since you, you hung out with him. Yeah, I hang about with him all the time. But you did. I mean, in the nineties, you yeah, were with him all the time because I saw Pure and Met. I get, I get loads of fights over him. There's like loads. Of, I basically got stabbed over him twice. Yeah, been stabbed over him twice. Fucking you know, like uh, we went to Richmond and he was getting racial abuse of uh, a load of teenagers and everything. Yeah. There's black guys as well that is giving him the racial abuse because he's half Asian. But I don't think it is that he's half Asian. I think it's more that he's upper class. Okay. And the, where he lives, like, it's high top and everything. So, but um, you could tell. You yeah, could tell exactly. that he's upper class. So I think. And then where I've gone in in the defense of fighting for him, I've been stabbed over it. You know? So it's <laughs> like a, we've got like a chalk and cheese sort of thing going on, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, you're still, I know you're still in contact with Yeah, we're still close, it? man. We're yeah. still close. He's like, oh, he's really good friends with my missus. He's really cool with all my kids and everything. Yeah. Brilliant, and so vice versa, you know. That is crazy, though, man, to come up with them. Fuck you, what's he doing in the tunnels at Shepherd's Wish Roundabout? The fuck are you doing, bro? He lived there. He yeah, lived get there. The, I don't care if you live there. Get the fuck out. He was just skating through. It's just like, it's funny. That's amazing, man. So loads of party in the But then I, intru- I introduced him when we got CBM going. Because at first it was just basically him and another guy, mm. another posh guy. But then when we got it going, it started going through the flats. So it went yeah. through White City, then it went through Warrenmole, then it went through Edward Woods. It's going through loads and loads of flats. So it's going through MCs as well. Because yeah. the garage thing, before the garage thing, you had the jungle. Yeah. So it's all the, all these jungle MCs that are coming off hip hop. Yeah. They were all into CBM as well, you know. So we was like, and I was bringing pure to these houses and flats i was bringing him into these like flats yeah like, people have been there smoking shit spliff shit and then <laughs> like and he's just in there it's like yes and it's like he was liking it i can tell yeah. he was liking it because he'd be drinking Experience. champagne in there you know, yeah, so. yeah 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 fucking great stuff man so what happens when we get to the um you've obviously had and um, you know all those the stories of keeping away from mr met and the cbm boys and start getting brilliant. pure that the, the what Pure was like as a person never came over to us. No. It was just, we knew of Pure and Met. Yeah. And I've got photos of yours to yours two's work, old blocky style with big serifs on the edges of the letters. Like, I've got those types of pieces. So, yeah, we didn't know. I, I heard later on, oh, really, you went Latimer? Okay, he's one of them. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you had you had a great 90s of them. The 2000 starts. No, nah, no, did not. It, it didn't start. Not, so what nah, happened? Never started at all. What happened? This all went through into like the mid nineties of me street robbing and drinking, and then I mentioned smoking shit splits. Which are? Uh, basically cocaine and weed and that mixed together, you know. Yeah. So like, I smoke a lot of that. And there's a few writers that have passed from they did now, but in that era that was like a thing, you know, like mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then um yeah, we was doing that and I'm still writing everything, but then I got uh ill. You got ill? Totally ill. Totally ill. I didn't go out for two years. 
didn't leave my house for two years after being stabbed. I got so paranoid that I just went, I didn't leave the house. So what, was it like a, like a, what, your mind leave. or was yeah, it your my body? Mind, my mind, I couldn't leave the house. And yeah. then it messed up my body. And then what happened in the end, where I couldn't get out or whatever, and I could only get out to the local shop at the corner of the road, that's if I push myself. Mm. To, and then I would turn, I turn super alcoholic indoors and everything, and then I just turned, and then I got sectioned. Oh. What I did, what I did, I shouldn't have done. I just went totally off the plot. I had a cheese wire in my back pocket and a hammer and a screwdriver. My friend saw me on the street. He goes, you're totally crazy and everything. He goes, you have tinfoil on your fingers and all kinds of madness. Yeah? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah? But um, he sent me to the, the doctors, yeah. a mental health doctor that's around the corner. And that's it. I just decided that I'm going to try to kidnap the doctor, yeah? like Dr. Jolly. So I've gone over the counter and I took him with a screwdriver. And I took him into the garden. That's when the arm response unit and everything came out. That's where I got sectioned for like basically I've done two years. So uh, one sec, your guy. Firstly, your friend sees you in the street yeah. and he notices your. He just like that's my boy yeah, and he's, he's fucking going crazy. Yeah, he so he me, jumps out of the he's, car. Yeah, he sent me got that tin foil on my fingers. He's going. He goes, you're like waving your arms about, and it's early in the morning. He goes, you're acting nuts. So he's pulled over to try and chat to me, and he goes, you realizes you're gone. Off. Completely and he goes, no, no, nah, nah. he goes, and he goes, like, come with me. Acting, so he's took me to the doctor's surgery around the corner, and that's where I've gone to. And then something else just tripped in your mind, and you're like, fuck it, I'm getting I'm this. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get the doctor. Okay. Right, so I tried to get the doctor, and they had to bring like the unit in in that year. So this is what's happened. Well, they've got him in there. This I've got this doctor Jolly at the back here, right? Well, I've got him, and I want a cigarette. This is this the worst bit because I've got him with the screwdriver in there and then the police car yeah. and then you've got shields and all that business. The helicopters go around in the back garden and they're going, release him, Gary, release him. Come on, this is going to get bad, yeah? And I go, no, no, guys, I want a cigarette, yeah? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I remember it's embassy, yeah? They give me the embassy like that. Before I even lit it, mate, I was like, it was down. Yeah. Next thing in that, it's injected, yeah? And it was like silence of the lambs. I was in one of them chairs and I'm going backwards like that, yeah, into the ambulance, yeah? Right? And I've got into the ambulance and I've coughed. Thank God for your friend. Yeah. You wouldn't but be then, sitting here. Then I had to be like sectioned for like over two years. That's what I'm saying. People like Pure, when I was sectioned, he, he come out to see me. People like Rise, I don't know if you remember Rise. Yeah. And then Devise was downstairs in the hospital as well. There was like, it. there's a few writers in the hospital when I was in there, you know, like I had sectioned off. So, yeah. Wow. <sighs> Wasn't expecting that bit either. Yeah. You know, so when was that? That was 99 to 2001. Yeah, so that's why, I, another reason why I didn't know or would have known, I left London just at the end of 99. And so, and that 99 for me was a fucking horrific year, actually. So I didn't I didn't do much pain in that year. And so no, I wouldn't have heard. I didn't. I remember you was friends with um, Mace. Yeah, I met Mace, Mace in the early 2000s. Yeah, Mace was my boy and that. So basically, even they started letting me out you know, like, like, where was this place Jan cross the oh, first, okay. first i was in blairwood that is in eden that's the high security place because when yeah. i first went there when i first went there this dr jolly guy the one that i've done with the thing yeah, yeah. is like i goes because i was so mashed from their drug shit i goes I guys am i going somewhere good because they goes you're going i goes am i going somewhere good they goes yeah you're going somewhere where was i have you to read yeah because i've learned myself to read uh-huh, you took yeah. yourself to read yeah right so I go, they goes yeah you goes you can have a full library gary I go, they go, you're going to have a swimming pool as well, yeah? I go, yeah, I thought, yeah, well, this is good, yeah? Right? So then they give me more drugs and let me swallow them. And then I woke up. Basically, I woke up in a, like, nothing similar to this, but smaller. Yeah. But all the walls are, like, coloured, like, you know, like a, you know, like a 80s kids cartoon sort of thing. But they're padded. I didn't I'm not realising, <laughs> yeah? And I'm butt naked, yeah? Right? Like that, yeah? What he's done to me, set me up. This Dr. Jolly set me up. Right? I... When you hear the full story, like, this is quite funny because he's proper set me up for what I've done to him, yeah? yeah. So I've woke up butt naked, yeah? And I'm, I don't know where the hell I am. I'm laying on this floor thing and there's a glow. You know where the room's, the lights are off, so there's a glow like that. Around the door. Yeah, there's yeah. a woman sitting there on a the chair like you, yeah? So I'm thinking, she's an angel, yeah? You know, like she's all pale and everything. And I goes, I goes, am I in heaven? I goes, like, are you, are you an angel? She goes, no, no, Gary. She goes, 
You're in Blairwood. Like that. She goes, you're in Blairwood. She goes, your section tough. She goes, there's no getting out of here, yeah? She goes, like that. And I goes, I want something to eat, yeah? Like that. So this man bought me a corned beef sandwich and then he gave me more drugs. Next thing you know, I woke up, I've got some pajama things on me. What they've done, what this Dr. Jolly's done to me, yeah? I used to have the shaved edge. Remember, I used to always have a shaved head, yeah. and I've always been heavily tattooed. But people in the uh, uh, late nineties, they wasn't heavily tattooed. You didn't no. used to see a lot of people tattooed, yeah. So obviously, he's must be thinking I'm like some fucky looking guy with a shaved edge, yeah, not knowing that my hip hop background, yeah. So he stuck me in a thirty man unit with twenty seven of the guys being black guys, right, and then me and some other Irish guy. That fool, he kept saying, I'm the devil, I'm the devil, I'm the devil, yeah. So I think he's thinking that he I'm going to get, get a you beating. fucked up, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get a beating. But actually, I, I had the best time in there because we was just listening to that old dirty and everything in there, you know? but it was just banging. <laughs> it was just banging, you know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking hell, G. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that gets you out on the streets again, what, mid-2000s, so, that is? No, 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 this is 2001. Yeah, 2001. Yeah. So you've had a fucking, an absolute, well, a crazy fucking late 70s and early 80s. Hmm. And then you've gone into the, the 90s. The 90s is nuts. As, Just well, nuts. I mean, I the 90s really was fucking crazy enough because yeah. apart from what you were getting up to, your name would spread a lot further. So then there was a, a circle of people, a world of people yeah. that were just like, I'm going to keep out of this guy's way. Chapter three, community. Yeah, I know. This bitch usually about creativity. And Mr. Met is very much creative. He still paints walls regularly and produces amazing black books and canvases. But, and I'm not sure about those that know him better, to me, London and culture in this story have produced a community voice and a leader. In this part, Mr. Met tells us what life's like having kids, looking out for his culture, the effects of Grenfell, and taking part in helping his community. Well, look, let's move into the 2000s. What happened, man? How did it go? So- uh, now this is where it's got good. For like the last 20 years, I've just been like a, the most stable. Well, not, I, I've had a, I had a one bad patch in the mid-2000s. I had one bad patch where I just went like ill again. I had another relapse, and then I didn't go out for about a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, apart from that, then after that, I've had kids, and I think it's the kids. When did you meet your girl? Met her in 99. Uh, 99, okay, yeah. cool. And then got with her around the same time? Yeah, been yeah. with her ever since. You know, so like, she helped. She went through a couple of things with you, then. Yeah, she's gone. She's gone through, uh, you know, like a uh, me going away and, um, you know, like the police coming to the house looking for me. Mm. And, you know, like uh, and then uh, my relapse, where I not relapsed through drugs. And I, I ain't touched any. I don't never. I don't even smoke weed, mate. I ain't touched any kind of drug. Yeah. In like twenty years. Or yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I just drink beer. You know. But um, where I had uh, I just I just went ill, you know. I just went down, and then that was like for about a year or something. I didn't go out, and then um, but then since we've had kids, so you had your great. kids after that, yeah. And then, but in this meantime as well, I've brought up a twenty-two-year-old, you know. Okay. So well, like I got a twenty-two-year-old now. From she, that. but she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't remember any of these. So you've had your your last relapse in the mid two thousands, early to mid two thousands, and then you go and you, you decide, right, we're going to have kids, we're going to move this on, mm. and start building our family. And, then, and where are you living? Shepherd's Bush. Yeah, I live in Bush. Yeah, you live in Bush. Mm. And um, so you set up this family. How many kids you got? Got like four little ones, you know. So they're they're all they're like they? 10, 10 down to one. Wicked man. Oh, your latest was last year, yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah. So yeah, amazing, amazing, and. So with all of your, like, all that shit you've been through, which I'm going to say, like, a lot of it's horrific. Mm. Like, a bit of a light word to put on it, really, man, because I can't... Just you skimming over the stories, you can't imagine how gritty and dirty those pieces must have been. You went through an awful lot, and then for you to then decide to settle down with your missus and, and have these four kids and... I moved back to London in 2008 and I think I meet you early 2009 when Crema Black opens and yeah. I open the gallery downstairs. And I was like, this ain't me. No, it's changed. This isn't the guy that I was scared of. And I didn't, I literally, I, the first day I met you in the, in the mid late, mid, late 2000s, I thought I was meeting another Met. Yeah. I was introduced to you as Met and I was like, okay, 
this isn't the Met that I was scared of, though, is it? I didn't yeah. say it. I'm just thinking in my head because by then you're obviously you're a dad. You're a big part of the culture. CBM were a solid crew from West London and made an amazing name for themselves and own an area and have yeah. done for a couple of decades now. Um, you started to like Trent became a painting spot again, and Portobello and Shepherd's Bush and all that started to get gentrified and. You know, the pit went off Portobello. Yeah. And so what was going on in your head around then with, with those types of actions that were happening? So, because you, you've basically got a family, your mind state's changed, right? You're, the scene in London is getting better because you've now got a graph shop, or another graph shop, should I say, after HQs. Um, your crew's solid and West London's thriving, Trellick's on fire, there's lots of paint in there. And then, but the, the, the area's getting ripped down. People are having to move out of the, move out of the manor. Um, we go through the recession and, you know, West London is just looking a bit curious. It's changed. It's like I, I don't recognise the place. It's like how many coffee shops do I need? You know, I don't drink coffee. Yeah. I don't drink coffee. I mean, I'm the kind of person who's like, I, I will go to a pub to meet friends. There's no pub. No There's pubs, no pub. Yeah. They're closing the pub down. They made out there was a smoking ban. The smoking ban, what? And then it opened like a thousand shisha shops. It's like, it's just done. I'd see it just all a load of rubbish, you know. It's just all a load of rubbish. These people that are coming in, these talk with, and yeah, they're just like pushing their own agenda, and you know, like uh, thinking like looking at people like they're shit or whatever. It's like no, it's like the only reason the area's got any culture is because of people like myself. And the people that are around there that made it's and only the reason that those yeah, people yeah. want to come. They, to they that want time. to come. You know? I mean, West London has always had that border. You've always had the yeah, states. It's the, the same with Kilburn. We've got bit. literally we've got estates and houses, estates and houses. The same in West, but there's some something seems to have happened here. And up to recently, you know, last year with Grenfell, it seemed like it's like a you know they're trying to trying to put an Islam thing on it. You know, like a, the Sun and all them papers. You know, like saying, a, you know, they keep uh, when they keep showing them pictures. The news and that you know that's like all ladies in hijabs and all right it wasn't like that the area's never been like that it's always been mixed mm. it's fully it's, mixed it's fully mixed it's been like old white irish people and all and there's everything in that area you know the way they've put it they've put it so people in the northern towns up north is thinking oh but there was like 15 to a flight and rah, rah, they shouldn't have been it's just a load of rubbish it's completely like a load of crap then people have been downtrodden it's just absolutely disgusting it's like, I have to look at that out my window every day. Do you know, do what you know, happened the do you next know day? What I, do you know what I have to see? I'm telling you what I have to see, D. Right? Every day, twice a day, right? I go past that building every day, twice a day. Every single day, yeah? You know that second day, that the the first day when it was up and I saw it on the news? Me and Nick flew down there, yeah? Right? And we flew down. And I was around the whole day. And then I was out the second day, yeah? And then the third day, that's when the Queen come, Right? And I remember the Queen was there and she was under that West Bay Centre. And I just wanted to get home to my missus. I ain't been home for two days here, right? I stunk, my clothes stunk of smoke. You know, like I'd just been helping out and I felt like shit. I just wanted to go home here and I wanted to cry, yeah. right? My skin, you know, from that smoke, you know, where I wore one of them oxygen moss, was full of oils all over my face. You know, where I haven't um, been drinking water yeah. or whatever, I was sucking up that. That air, Toxic air and it had these yellow spots all over my face and the queen was there like that and then uh they're saying you have to stand there i don't fucking stand there i was getting really angry yeah and it's like uh you can even see it on that news thing where the queen is there you yeah. can see me standing there i've got like a stripy rugby on and i'm vexed okay people are clapping i just want to just move yeah i just like, I just want to go and it's I, I still see it now i have to see it every single when i look at the window that's what i see that's when i look at the window i see the black burnt building right it's so affected my kids because they have to see it all the time, and it was like uh, I don't know if I don't know if a couple of kids from my girls' clock, not my girls' yeah, <clears throat> passed in there, and we just—that's that, all we see. We, that's all we see. We go to jujitsu. We go see it twice a day. Um, what happened the, the following days? So, because that's your area, as you say, you see it from <clears throat> out your window. Something happened with the community. Oh, a, a dreadful thing, the worst thing that West London has seen for 
really, come really together. Is. You know, like uh, a lot of the, even the rich people. You know, like uh, I didn't see any. I didn't see any like uh, you know, like a uh, separation. There was no slacking. There was no slacking. At first, it was like at first, it was like a uh, seemed like because I had uh, some some girl. She just come up because we was with uh, it's me, Nick, Noel Clark, and. Don't mean name check or whatever, but yeah. there was like a few of us, and we was like just grabbing stuff and you know like helping carry things, and and then this girl she goes, my mum's died, and then she's crying on my shoulder, right? And it's like, what do you say? Do you you can't pat someone on the head, mm. you know, like a dog, mm. you know? And then uh, you know, and then um, when we was in, we got into the main bit that is downstairs where the families were, and then we were because we were first on the thing, mm. and we're carting stuff down there, and. I've never heard a scream like that, like a woman screaming about a baby, and you know, like, and you're just sitting there and you're carrying bedding and laying beds, you know, and it, it's like a war zone. It's like an absolute war zone, you know, like for something that's supposed to please uh, people going on the motorway so they don't have to look at an ugly building while they go to Westfield, mm. you know, that's all it is. And for the neighbouring, those yeah, neighbouring neighbouring houses, neighbouring yeah, streets, they don't want to see it. It's unbelievable. They covered it with that bullshit just because of an eyesore. I think it's. I think it's affected me now. You know, like I like sometimes. You know, I'm just too strong to get ill because I can't get ill because I've got four young kids. I can't. Before I didn't have four young kids. You know, you would have like, let go. Yeah. I could afford to get ill and go mad. I can't afford yeah. to get ill and go mad. And it's like, but yeah, I could easily get ill over something like that. So I mean, look, it's not not so. It, such a horrible event to have happened but in the the months after i saw a group of you all of you west london boys i'm I'm literally getting goosebumps and a shiver up my spine thinking of it the moves you made for a vo- I, I want to cry like the moves you lot made to be a voice for the people of grenfell was so fucking touching and what you've, I think the other thing you've done though is you've become, because of all the shit you've been through, you're like, no, I'm not having this. No, I ain't. I don't want to have it. That's why I thought, you know, like, I, right, we painted, we painted the Grenfell thing up. We've done that. Nick put in for a lot of the paint and we spent the whole day down there. We painted that up and we thought, right, that's our thing, right? Because they're trying to build on the same spot as like Trellick, you know, they're trying to take something away and it's like, what are they building? They're building. More posh shit, you know. It's like and like they're taking the kids' playground. They're not. Away. They're not building for the. No, they're people. taking the kids' playground away to build on it. You know, it's like all right, we use what we've got, and then it's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're having a jamia. We're having a jamia, and we're gonna have it, and we're gonna raise some money for the people of uh, Grenfell, and we're gonna take them stuff, and there's nothing you can do about it. And you know what? The police didn't even step foot in the place because the first times we've done them jams, we've done what three. Mm. And the second one, please come through. And he goes, who's in charge of all this here? Um, blah, blah, blah. And then the policeman's come up to me, like, all brazen and everything. And it's like, what? Oh, and I goes, well, what's it about? You can see there's just like a load of kids mm. painting. I've organised all the paint from bringing up paint companies and what have you for the kids to have a paint. We've mulched the walls. We've sorted it all out. So what's your problem? And we're standing in the shadow yeah. of that fucking yeah. building. Yeah. What's your problem? And he's gone, ah, we had a report of a kid running through with a knife. It's like, get the fuck out of here, man. You can see there's little girls in little white dresses painting on the wall. They're painting cats and stuff. And he's talking about, you know, it's like, get out of here, you know. So, yeah, they just leave us alone, I think. You seem to have started a movement, though. You seem to have, there's like a real solid voice there now. And, um, I don't, you know, we get caught up in our little social media circles. And I don't follow hundreds of people, thousands of people on my my, my social media feeds, but I'll follow you and you have this I just think for the story for where you've come from you don't owe the world anything and yet you're giving it so much and you know it, it is about life experience because that's what really makes you understand and want to help I, I've just I've known people like you though man that haven't done what you've done and I find it amazing like, good friends of mine. I've literally got very similar stories to you, people I grew up with. I'm thinking of my mate Justin right now. And um, <clears throat> I love Justin, but he wouldn't do what you do. You've got this voice um, that you seem to be pushing out there. You're 
and all right, cool, you've got your own issues and you understand that, you know, you sometimes get depressed or whatever, like we all do. Yeah. But your voice to other people is so fucking positive and uplifting and you've got like a fight in there as well. Like, and I just, I, I can't, I, I look, I look at that man now and I'm just like, I'm, what a horrible thing to have happened, but what a beautiful thing to have been born. Like, and the fact that you're, you're, as far as I'm concerned, you're a massive part of it, man. Bro, like, I, the way I see it, whatever is down has to come back up, you know, like a ball or whatever. And it's like, I'd rather be up than be down. So that's the way I'm And you want to bring other people. That's how I'm trying to live it. And that, yeah, I'm always, I've always been the same. If I've got like a, if I've got 10 pence, I'll give someone five pence, you know, yeah. it's like, I've always been the same. That's why I don't have a lot of money, you know, so. Yeah. You look out for people. Yeah. It's crazy what life experience does for you, eh? And then we're getting a few things in perspective and love as well. Love's a fucking amazing yeah. thing in the world. Um, sorry to get all gloomy, but I thought it was important to talk about that because, you know, you're, you're a voice for it, I feel. Before we finish, um, apart from, I literally think of you as a community god. <laughs> I don't need to put you up on a pedestal, but like, the way you treat your kids, the way you treat your friends, your crew and your neighbours, I'm just like, this guy, man. And to go for all of that and be oh, like, that is amazing. But... You're also doing something within the culture that we've needed for a long time, which is what I wanted to talk to you about as well. And I don't want you to give away too much because yeah. it's very special. But the graffiti culture in our city has lacked something. And we need education for our kids. And I think you're doing something else here. So, yeah. so what is it you're doing? Well, basically, I see like, a, you know, basically every country or every state has their own sort of documentary on their scene. You know, like you have one in Amsterdam. Yeah. You've got like one in Paris. You've got like Star Wars and you've got all these other things and there's nothing in London, just a bummy video, you know, that that's out just showing old runners and some old shaky action footage and it gives gives us a bad look, you know. I tell you what though, look. love to those old films, White Trash no, and, no, and Kino's no. London graphics, no, but the, the, they're not documentaries. No, I'm talking that London tonight crap. I don't like that. You yeah. know, like it just just gives us a bad look. It looks like there's like a people involved are like a load of kids, you know? Yeah. It's like a there's obviously more to it. Yeah. It's like, what motivates someone? You know, like, what makes someone do it for 30 years? You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. three who decades. are these people doing yeah. it? You know, it's like, so that's basically what I want to put through, who these people are, because they're not all kids. They're not, um, <coughs> not all poor. They come from a vast range of backgrounds, colours, you know, like everything. You know, it's like, so I want to get that down. So you're making this like, it's... <clears throat> it's more than just the London history. Yeah, you're taking all of it. You're going yeah. London history. I've to started now. London history. Yeah. we started. We started going back from the seventies, and now we're going into the eighties. Uh-huh. But I want to take it to the kids that are out there doing it now. Uh-huh. But I want to show. I want to show like some, you know, like a some, you know, like some woman that's just hoovering the carpet. You know, like who thinks it's. Uh, you know, like some kids on the stairs or whatever. It's yeah, not yeah. kids on the stairs. It could be your husband, you know. It could yeah. be like your granddad could be doing yeah. it, you know. Like anyone. Be absolutely anyone. It's anyone. It's be anyone. A, absolutely anyone. And um, from, yeah, that's what I really want to show. But I want to get the history down because it needs to be put down. And I want to get it put in a, I don't want it a film just for writers to look at. I want a, something, a documentary that everybody can look at. And, you know, like a, let them know that it ain't just vandalism because vandalism is throwing a brick through a window, you know. There's some thought and, pro- and process into it, you know, like it's something that takes years and years, you know. Well, I think the other, another major part of graffiti is the fact that it, apart from the actual the outcome, the painting on the wall or the tag or whatever, it's the friends and the family and the community and yeah. everything else it teaches you yeah. and you, be, you become part of. If it's I didn't a culture, have graffiti, it's a culture. Yeah. If I, did, I mean, if you, I tell you what, if you didn't have graffiti, if I didn't have graffiti, I don't even think I'd be able to tell those truth. I'm not even I don't think you would, bro. I don't think I would. I do not. If think your I'd eyes be. weren't open enough to see those walls and think, mm. okay, there's something there. And I thank God for that pen or pen I stole that in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really do. But, yeah. Listen, man, that is a that is a fucking journey. Like, thank I you. really appreciate you coming around and talking to me about it, man. And yeah, really fucking touching. And just, yeah, just keep all of it going because you are, you're a massive inspiration to people. And, you know, I'll I tell you what, even, I think you'll be yeah, probably even more so now after they hear this story because 
it's hard for people to go through their lives, man. We all struggle in our lives, and you've had fucking quite a ton of bricks chucked at you, you know, and you've managed to break them all down and yeah. come through and be a distinguished guy, bringing up four beautiful kids and having a good wife and a community spirit. Listen, Mr. Met, the mayor of fucking Shepherd's Bush himself. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Well, what a story. Mr. Met has sure been through more than his fair share of life's dramas. But with his love for culture always being with him, his wife, his family and being a proud dad, he's become a massive part of his community in a real positive way. Mr. Met surely deserves the title, Mayor of Shepherd's Bush. Big up CBM. Never forget Grenfell. Until the next one, love your city and love your culture. This is F24.